1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to From Hostage to Hero. And uh, it's a great day today. How are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. I just love this year so far. I'm just loving, I'm loving my clients. I'm loving the way I'm spending my time. I'm just loving 2020. And I love how it's just all about clear vision. And so let's get clear, shall we? All right. So You've heard me talk about group formation and some of y'all have been like, all right, enough with talking about how great it is and why we need to do it. Can you tell us how the fuck to do it? And so the answer is, Yes and no, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what you can do on, and what I can do on a podcast and try my best, but what I can't do is show you all the nonverbal coolness that um, you have to come out to Portland to do because it just doesn't make sense on a podcast. So today I'm gonna try to be as helpful as possible when it comes to how to form a group um, by telling you the one thing groups absolutely must have or what they need to form. Now, if you have the From Hostage to Hero book, uh, that book has really clear steps on how to form a group. And again, yes, there's not um, a video in there. It's a book. You're reading it, but it can be much more clear than just even me talking about it. But in there are the four things that a group needs to form. Now, what I want to say is to synthesize this down to one main thing that you podcast listeners can take with you and use right away. Because it's really important to me that the information that I share with you is usable and practical. And in fact, that's the number one comment we have gotten on our seminars, on my trainings in the 15 years I've been doing, it's actually now 17 years. I've got to stop saying 15. In the 17 years that I've been doing this work is that... What I strive and what i it sounds like I've been able to do is make this usable and practical for you. So here's what it is. How, what is the number one ingredient? ingredient, What's the one thing they absolutely must have to form? Interaction. Interaction. We tend to think that getting people together is what will cause a group to form. And nothing could be further from the truth. They don't, groups don't form based on time. Time does not form groups. So time spent together is not an indicator of whether a group will form or not. It is not, we tend to think the longer that they're in a room, they're going to form. You've heard me talk about this before, about the group in um, Wisconsin that sat there for an hour and a half waiting for us to arrive, silent no one talking to each other. They were there for an hour and a half. They didn't form. Pick your, pick, p- put your um, head in, poke your head into any jury room as they're waiting to be called out front. Most of them are not talking or looking at each other. They're not interacting. Take my birthing class example. 10 weeks, I'm getting together with my husband and nine other couples, or maybe it was seven other couples, was eight of us. And we were there for two hours a week for 10 weeks. Group never formed. Why? There was a lack of interaction. Think about this in terms of your juries. They arrive at the courthouse alone, meaning potential jurors. They can't bring anyone with them, right? Normally, husbands and wives or friends don't get called to jury duty on the same day at the same time. If it does, that's a random occurrence. And so they come alone. And then they go and they get their little sticker and they sit in that room and they don't know anyone. Now, there are some friendly souls that look around and try to start a conversation, but most people are annoyed by that at the very beginning. They're kind of like, yeah, I'm here to do this thing. Stop talking to me. I'm going to get some work done or I'm going to read my book or whatever. So there's no interaction back there. Then we bring them out into the courtroom and now the attorney stands up and starts asking individuals questions. And so now it becomes what should be a group activity becomes an individual activity that is enacted in front of a group. Think about that. Those are two different things. Group activities must have group interaction. Jury selection normally does not. We think that we are going in and we're going to do a group activity. It is not a group activity when you are interacting with jurors one by one while other people watch not only is that not interaction, it's creepy. I mean, just think about how we've set this up. You're going to go have this kind of private conversation with this one person and try to connect with them and make all this eye contact and do all these things you've learned in, in trial um, prep and in, in law school, or maybe even learn in law school, some CLE. And you're going to do this one-on-one and all these other people are going to be watching. It's just, no wonder jurors hate it. No wonder you hate it. I mean, this is just fucked up, my peeps. This is not the way that we must run this situation. Okay, so I'm not going to go into... All the benefits of group formation because you've heard me talk about that to death and if you haven't go back and listen to all the stuff on group formation and and why you want to form group and well in fact i'm actually going to do an entire podcast dedicated to that i i I won't say that i've um, spoken to that totally clearly in one podcast i'll probably do that podcast next or, or in a couple podcast episodes the point being is you do want to form group take my word on that for now If you haven't listened to me um, so far, because that's not the point of this podcast Of why you want it, it's how to do it. So knowing that interaction, let's actually break that one down a little bit. So why? Why does interaction, why is that the thing that forms groups? Well, because if you go back to the nonverbal level of group formation, groups form when they're doing four things. These are the four things I just mentioned in the book. When they're looking at each other when they're talking to each other, when they're doing things together, when they're breathing together. Those are the four nonverbal indicators of whether a group is formed and also how to form a group, okay? People need to be looking, talking, doing, and breathing together. Now, you know this Without me having to pull out the science and all that stuff. I mean, think about the greatest dinner parties or parties in general that you've been to. It was with someone who was a great host that introduced people to each other. It was a lot of interaction. Now think about the, the ones that you went to that were a nightmare. You stood there with your glass of wine. You don't know anybody. No one's really talking to each other. It's kind of cold and stilted. It feels a lot like well, oh dear, doesn't it? Groups form through interaction. An uh, adult sports league gets started, right? Y'all show up the first day. It's a little bit awkward and and weird, and and the coach goes over the rules, and you get going, and you get playing, and you do that for a couple of weeks, and boom, the groups form. They're going out and they're having drinks. Why? Because you're having a look and talk and play and 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 run plays together and all those other sporty things. I don't know terms for, but you know what I'm saying. The point is, is that you're interacting with each other. Okay. I mean, you can go to a church service, on the other hand, and sit there in a group of 100, 200, 1,000 people and leave and not talk to anyone. And just because you sat together for two hours does not mean that you are a formed group because there was no interaction. Now, smart churches have that turn and say something to your neighbor, and that helps. Absolutely. And I do those in my seminars as well. But the point of that is Interaction. Groups do not form if they do not have an opportunity to interact with each other. Put that in your back pocket right now and never forget it because if you want to be a top-notch trial attorney, you're going to have to get good at group dynamics. And I don't mean just navigating the dynamics. I mean getting the group to form in the first place. In fact, there are no dynamics to navigate unless you form the group in the first place because a gathering of individuals does not constitute a group right the group has to be looking talking doing things and breathing together to be an actual group so you've got to get them interacting so because we can't really talk about the nonverbal stuff here um, we can and I might in future podcasts but here I want to really nail this idea of interaction with you the first thing that's kind of getting in the way of your groups interacting or your individuals interacting with each other and forming into a group is you are viewing voir dire or the jury selection process as an individual process versus a group process. This is the biggest mistake that I see across the board. Now, this is assuming that you have the opportunity to do panel voir dire, that you can really play with the whole panel. Some judges don't allow that. Some judges force you to do individual voir dire. and of course I'm not speaking to that situation specifically. I'm speaking to when you have the opportunity to do a group voir dire, meaning there's no restrictions on having you talk to various members at different times and bounce ideas around and, and get a conversation going. That's what I'm talking about. So. When you have that opportunity, and I would say the majority of clients that I've ever worked with do have that opportunity, all right, so it's actually an anomaly not to have that opportunity, Uh, you're, you're wasting it. You're pissing it down the drain because what you do is you go in there, again, because of all of your training, and you set your sights on the individual jurors, and you try to make the individual eye contact, you try to make the individual connection, you try to make the individual rapport, and what you're doing inadvertently is causing the group to remain unformed just by having an individual juror focus listen this isn't about individuals if you go back a couple podcasts i talked about how it's not about really your even your ideal juror it's about your ideal group meaning that the, the big fear with so many of you is that when you find your ideal jury you're going to want to hide them because then the defense is going to figure out who they are and kick them off. And two podcasts ago, podcast episodes ago, I said you shouldn't have to worry about that. Because if you get your group formed, they will form into the ideal group if you know how to do this right and you've got your principles and you've got them rallying around the ideas in the case. And therefore, the defense can throw off as many people as they want, but the group dynamics formed, and once formed, that is really hard to shake. So when you go in and you focus on individuals, instead of spending your time getting the group to rally around ideas, getting the group to discuss things, you are thwarting yourself. You are, you are preventing the group from forming by having that, individual approach I mean think about how ridiculous this would be if (laughs) and this is a really great example I think if think about the soccer game right and the, the coach during the game tried to manage individual players and just connect with them no he's constantly or she's constantly looking at how the group is interacting on the field and making adjustments and yes they call out um specific instructions or, or things during during practice for individual members, but it's all within the context of how the group is acting with each other. It would be ludicrous for them just to focus on one person at a time. The whole game would fall apart. But that's what you guys do. You go in there and you start to focus one at a time, one at a time, one at a time. Then we get, you know, halfway through and then we are out of time. You're like, I don't even get to talk to everybody. Yeah, because you're trying to have these individual relationships. That's not the point of Wadir. And I know you've been trained that. And so I don't fault you for that. What I'm trying to do in this podcast and in my work is to show you another way, an easier way, a more fun way, quite frankly, because it is so much fun to get the group going and get them rallying around an idea. It's like one of those great dinner parties where the conversation can go on forever. Instead of the dinner parties where everyone's talking to their neighbor and no one's talking amongst themselves in terms of the group. So that's what we're after. So switch your focus from individual to group work. By the way, when they go back in the verdict room, are they going to be doing an individual activity or a group activity? A group activity. So why on earth wouldn't we start them working with each other and interacting with each other early and often? Where half of our job, if not more, is to prepare the jurors to do the job that they're there to do. That's really what they want from us. They want to know, what do I have to do and how do I do it? Well, you know how you do it? You work with your fellow jurors toward an, an intended outcome. How unfair is it that we don't start that or we don't even show them what that is and they go back there and they're just left to their own devices? We wonder why we don't get verdicts. Listen, the easiest thing to do is nothing. The fence knows that. That's why they're not all over group dynamics. They're like, hell yeah, keep if they're even thinking about it. But hell yeah, keep the group unformed. I want 12 or 6 or 8 individuals to go back there and be confused and not know how to do this and not know how to work together. Because that gets me what I want. They give up. They go, you know what? There's not enough here to go on. So fuck it. Let's just give them nothing. That helps the defense. That does not help you. Listen, here's what it is. I mean, it just really hit me. Is that the reason why you go and you make those individual connections. Okay, I'm getting goosebumps because this is like good shit. And it's just coming out of my head right now. Here it is. The reason why you do that and you really try hard to have that rapport with these, with these jurors one by one is because on some level, you think that it's you that wins cases, That if you could get them to like you and want to to help you, that that's what's going to win the day. Nothing could be further from the truth. Listen, I'm all about y'all. I'm your biggest fan. I like devoted my whole life's work to helping you become the biggest, boldest version of yourself. Not, however, because you are the main attraction not because you are the star of the show not because that's what gets verdicts it's because you are a tool and an instrument to assist the jurors in doing their job everything's got to be focused on you helping them and you can help them the most By going first, being bold, taking risks, showing up, because that's what they're going to have to do, isn't it? That's the whole point here. You have to go first so that jurors can then repeat your success, your heroism, your showing up back in the verdict room. But when you try to make this about an individual relationship, what you're saying is, I need them to trust and like me in order to win. No, they don't need to trust and like you in order for you to be able to win. They need to be able to communicate and interact with each other so they can do the job they were there to do. It's your job to empower them to do that. That's your job. And my dog is barking as I'm podcasting. So uh, I apologize for that. (laughs) I got some barking and man, I was in preachy mode. All right, so the second thing. I just talked about, I'm looking at my notes, but the second thing is stop making yourself the center of what here. I mean, that's really the 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 point here is that when you are talking about or thinking about this idea of this is all about me and I've got to get them to like me, you get away from the whole idea of group dynamics. And that's what we want to avoid. It's not about you, it is about first and foremost the jurors in the box and equipping them to do their job by giving them the gift of each other let them interact with each other as you've heard me say before if you're working really hard in and while you're trying to figure out how to follow up and what to say and how to say it right you're doing it wrong it shouldn't be about you your job is like hot potato whenever the it comes back on you you throw it back on the group and they volley it around and then you just keep that potato going you're rarely ever holding the potato in voir why? Because you want the jurors talking to each other, not you. And you certainly do not want to be the one talking, okay? It's so fine if you and one juror are having a conversation, but you're constantly putting it back on them going, and is that different than what this juror said? Or what do you think about, or it sounds like you had a similar experience to that juror. You're getting them to in- to engage and turn toward each other. Which brings us to number three, is create an issue-oriented voir dire. I mean, if you want the jurors to interact with each other, you have to give them some common ground. Now, talking about people's hobbies or what they've read lately does not give us common ground. I mean, you might get lucky, you might have a couple people who all like to fish, or some people who love to bake. But we're really like not—we're not sure exactly if that's what what's happening there. But when you do a principle-centered wadir or issue-oriented wadir, where you're talking about things like accountability and responsibility and fairness and betrayal, and the things that really are playing out in your case, it's much much easier to get a group to rally around those ideas because we all believe in accountability and responsibility and fairness. All of us. And if you don't, you're the outlier and that's fine too. So then the, it's f- totally fine to have a clear outlier or many in a group. But as long as the main cohort of the group believes those things, and most people do, we're in business. Because here's the thing. You guys are standing on the right side. You're standing for what's right. You're standing for principles that that all good human beings, if we ha- awake this in them, understand are important. And, make the, and, and will make it important and will hold it important. That's what you have going for you. I mean, I know you're the underdog. I know that the other side has more time, resources, people, money, all of it. But what they don't have is righteousness. What they don't have is the truth. What they don't have are real deal principles that make or break the kind of world we want to live in. You have that. You've got to recognize that power and own the shit out of that. And when you do that and you get away from all the stupid hobby rapport building bullshit and talk to jurors about the major things in the case and how they can create this new world or they can keep the, 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 the old world principles, whatever, however you want to frame it, that this is about right and wrong. That's when groups start to form, when you get away from all the other stuff, the fluff, that's what we're talking about here in terms of group formation. So group formation, what's the number one thing groups need to form? Interaction. So get away from individual voidir, take yourself out of it, and talk about the principles to get them interacting about things that they can all agree on. That's the key to forming your group. I'll be talking more about group formation and why it's so important you want the group formed but hopefully this throws a bone to those of you who are like, tell us how, sorry. It's really simple. Just get them interacting with each other. Stop making it about you and stop making it about individuals, get them talking to each other about things. We'll talk a little bit more detail about how to do that in future podcasts. All right, everybody have a great day.
0: That's it for this episode of From Hostage to Hero. But head to our website, sorrydlm.com, for other must-have resources from Sari Delamart. Read the transcript of this podcast, watch trial tip videos, or download your free copy of Sari's article, Why Jurors Hate the Hobby Question. We're glad you joined us today, and until next time, remember that to lead a hostage to freedom, you must first free yourself.